Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Oh, yeah, the 12 o'clock service. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't tell the 9 and the 1030, but this is my favorite service. So glad that you guys are here today. Welcome to Stevens Creek. I am Pastor Ryan, the children's pastor here, and Pastor Marty asked me to come and speak today, and of course I said, yes, yeah, absolutely, but then the second thing I said was, you have no idea what you just did. You get a children's pastor to get up on the stage. You just don't know what's going to be coming out. You're going to be gone. And just anything can happen right now. But I am so thankful for him and, uh, and his leadership and, and him and Miss Patty. I love them very dearly. They're some of the greatest people that we could have uh, leading our church. And they say that being a pastor is one of the stre- most stressful jobs of all the jobs, being a pastor is one. I told the nine, and they were cracking up laughing like it was a joke. I was like, that wasn't a joke. That was actual facts I was trying to give you. But it's one of the stressful jobs. And he also, he pastors this church, but he also runs two businesses. And if you run one business, that's a lot. And he's running two, and he's pastoring us. And so I just want to give him a hand clap and just thank him so much for who he is and what he's done here. And if you just feel led in your heart to say, Pastor Ryan just needs a raise. He just is so amazing. Just... Put that in and, and do that. No, um, but today, um, you know, he also likes to tell jokes and, and all that. So I'm going to tell you something. It's not a joke, but it is something funny that, um, something actually from one of my kids. Um, and then whenever they were smaller, they, they got these crayons and they, they wrote on the walls. You know how your kids, like, they like to do the artwork for you, but not on the paper, but on your walls, right? And so they're, like, using the crayons and colored all over them. And you see just this blow, just crayon written everywhere and, and so my wife and I got them together, and we're like, okay, who did this? Who is the one? And you know kids, whenever you, like, corner them and you're trying to tell them, they're just like, you know, they're, like, pointing the fingers, and, like, it wasn't me, it was them, you know. So nobody was answering it. Everybody was denying. It was, like, deny till the death. I don't care what happens. I'm just going to deny this. And so they were denying it. And so finally my wife, you know, she did the, the spiritual thing, right? She said, you may not tell me. But God knows. God knows. And so my son Boston said, well, why don't you ask him? <laughs> yep. Needless to say, we never found out, but Boston got put in a corner and he had to clean it all off the wall. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, uh, today we're going to talk about what kids should know. And uh, being a kid's pastor, you know, it's got to be something kid likes. So we're going to talk about what kids should know in their life. And if, if you're like me and you're, you're about to have a son, you know, you, you, wanna, you want those, the boys to be like men, you know, you want them to be tough. And so you want to teach them how to throw a ball. You want to teach them how to catch. You want to teach them how to pee off the back porch. You know, the important things. You want to teach them how to fish. You know, you, you, you don't want to instill all these things in them. And, and most importantly, one thing that I always want my kids to know or my boys to know is that because they, they give me a hard time about how short I am. And I know you're not able to tell about how short I am right now uh, because I'm, I'm so high up. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too tall of a fellow, but they, uh, they give me a hard time. They're, and they're always stepping up to me like, bring it, Dad. You know, bring it. And so I get, I'm like, okay, I'll bring it. And then I bring it. But one thing I want them to know always, and I tell them this all the time, is you will never, ever, 
I don't care how old I am. If I'm in a wheelchair, you will never, ever, 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 ever be able to take me. Your daddy is going to take you out. If I have to use my cane, whatever it takes, you're not going to be able to take me, right? But if you have a daughter, it's kind of different. You know, you want to make sure that you're like protecting them and, and surrounding them and making sure they're not, they're not going to get hurt and, and keep them away from all the bad boys, right? Like, you, don't, you know, any boy that thinks that they might like her or, or if she might be delusional in thought and think that she might like a boy too, you know, you, you always want to draw in those, those special, those, the, just the most important questions that you could ask. And it's, you know, does, does he like to breathe? How long can he hold his breath? You know, or um, does he like to eat food through a straw? You know, these are, these are important questions to ask. And does he enjoy walking? <laughs> does he still want to live life? Does he want to live to see 15? You know, it's just important things that you want them to know. But it, we all have our different, our different things. And, um, you know, if you have a son or daughter, you know what I'm talking about. But this message is not just for them. It's not only for parents. This is for everybody. Everybody's going to be able to get something out of this, whether you have children or not. This message is going to be for you, so don't worry. We're going to go to the book of Proverbs, though. If you got your Bibles, get them out. Let's turn them over. Let's see who's real spiritual today. Just, I'm kidding. We got it right here on the screen. We can show for you. But I was um, telling them earlier that I didn't come up with this, but I thought this was brilliant. So if there's any single ladies, any single men in the house, you just uh, one way that you can really get somebody that's going to be um, good for you is you get somebody that's real spiritual. You can highlight. You just do a lot of highlights in your, in your Bible, you know, and whenever you pull it open to that scripture, you just like kind of let, let that be seen a little bit and just show it and let them see, oh, that guy is, he's, he's been reading his word. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, it says, train a child in the way they should go and they will never, and when they're old, they will not turn away from it. I think of this scripture a lot as like riding a bicycle. You know, you always hear the term, if you can ride a bike. You know, once you learn it, you, you never lose that gift. And I, I think of this scripture as that, as if, if we're teaching our children, if we're training them in the way that they should go, then they're not getting, then one, even if they veer away, if they don't ride the bike for a long time, they've had it put up, one day when they do need it and they can pick that bike up, they'll be able to ride it again. But even in life, the way they will be able to know that, man, my parents taught me the way that I should go. I know better. So you can always look back on that. And our first point, if you've got your handy-dandy worship guide, you can fill this out. It says, God has given you the responsibility to cha- train your children in the core principles of God's word. We have, to, we have this responsibility to train our children in the word. And if we're not, the big question is, who is? Who's doing it? Now, I'm a father of five children. Yep. Go ahead. Think about it. I know what you're thinking. Yes, I'm old enough. And no, I cannot keep my wife's hands off of me. It is a, it's, it's a tough problem, but uh, one I'm willing to deal with. But God has given us, Brooklyn and I, this responsibility to be able to give our kids the right tools to be able to go through the trials of life that we know that they're going to face, Right? You have to make sure that your children know the right things and, and, and that they, they know how to conquer some, some trials that they might come up against. You know, it's teaching them those ways. And, uh, you know, you, you might even find yourself raising teenagers. Anybody got any teenagers in the house? Any teenagers here? Oh, we got a lot. That's awesome. So good. Raising teenagers isn't, is not easy, right? Amen. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> 
Listen, everybody, let me tell you something. We're in church right now. If you want to amen me, hallelujah, say it again, preacher. Uh, preach it, white boy. Anything you want to say, like you just say it and I'll take it. You want to tell me, say it again, I'll say it again. Whatever you want. We're in, this is the 12, all right? We're loosened up here. Shake your arm, shake your head. Let's just get ready to ride on this ride, okay? This is going to be so good. Are you ready? Come on, let's take this ride. But you, whenever you're training teenagers, you're raising kids, and you're like, you go back to those things that your parents used to tell you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, one day, when you have kids, you're going to know what I'm saying. You're going to get it. I can't wait for that moment to happen. Or, boy, you better go grab me that switch outside. It better not break. It better be flimsy and thin. Right? You guys heard these? And this is probably my favorite one. Is Little Billy, little Susie, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it's going to I mean, it's going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you, okay? I just want you to know, it's going to hurt Daddy, but I'm going to wear that tail out, <laughs> okay? But you know what? I find myself like, you know, that's not fully true because a lot of times it doesn't hurt me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where I'm just like, let the wind up begin. You know, and I'm, and sometimes I might freak my kids out because I get this look in my eye, you know, and I'm just like, they start breathing heavy and they're just like, no, daddy, no, don't do it. My kids are here, so I'm probably embarrassing them right now, but they know. It's been a long time since I've had to spank them, but y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And it doesn't really hurt you that bad. You're like, you know what? You really deserve this. You've been a bad kid. This is going to be fun for dad. It's a life lesson we're going to learn here and it's going to be great can't wait, but you won't do that again, will you? You know, all those awesome things. But you remember those things your parents used to say, you bring them back. And, but do you ever remember any of the scriptures or, you know, did you raise, were you raised in this, this great Christian home where your, your, your parents were able just to pour the word into, you know, and, and say things like in Romans eight seventeen, where it says, if you're a child of God, you're heir to the throne. Tell me you're a child of God and you're an heir to the throne. That scripture alone is so small, so simple, but yet brings so much confidence. Tell me I'm a child of God. That means if I'm heir to the throne of God, I'm heir to the one that created heaven and earth. I'm heir to the king of kings and lord of lords and crown me. Give me my prince chair. Go ahead and put the crown on and let me walk in some boldness and confidence. Am I right? You want that. You know, your parents may have spoken those words into you. You might say, man, my parents didn't speak this into me. I never heard those words. I wasn't confident. I didn't, I didn't have the word of God spoken into me. I wasn't raised in That's not my background. That's not where I was. But here's the deal. You might not have been raised in it. You might not have had it. But your next point is no matter, no matter your background, God has called you to speak his word into the lives of children. God's word is power. God's word brings confidence. God's word lets you know that you are not alone. That God is here. He is for you. He's not against you. And that comes to our next point was you're not alone. God is here. He's not just here. He's here for you, right? God is always here for you. See, some people just don't know and they don't realize that God is here. Some people just say, yeah, you know, I heard that, but I just don't put that into practice. I don't put that into play. But Isaiah 41.10 tells us something a little bit differently. It says, fear not, for I am with you. 
Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. We need to be speaking this over our generation today. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about the things that are coming your way because God, he's got your back. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to help you. He's going to hold you up with his right hand. No matter what you're going through, God's going to be able to help you. He's going to be able to be there for you anytime that you need him. And there might, it might be like, like I was. I'm going to tell you a little bit of personal stories, if that's okay. I think that the biblical stories, the biblical characters, they're great. I love them. I love Paul. He is the man. I think he was like the T.D. Jakes of the, of the New Testament. Yeah, I just I love the, the books that he wrote. Then you, you read about David and Moses, and we can all relate to these stories, but I'm going to give you a personal, modern-day, biblical story because God doesn't just, didn't just do things then, but he's doing them right now. So I'm going to give you some stories about this in, in my life and, and, and growing up and what I was raised and what God brought me out of because I didn't know that God was there for me. And see, my mother, she worked two jobs. She worked during the day, and she worked at night, and sometimes she wouldn't come home until extremely late. And so I was home alone a lot. I had a curfew, but I really didn't have a curfew, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, I roamed the streets of Cleveland, Tennessee. I was like the gangster OG on the bicycle riding everywhere. It was pre-days before, like, you had to worry about the guy that was in the weird white van that said candy, free candy on it. It was coming up to you, like, do you want some candy? You know, it was before all that. I was riding my bike everywhere, and I was just, I mean, just riding around and, and doing whatever I wanted to do. I had a ton of freedom, right? And so I even, I, you know, I, I did a few things like um, shooting BB guns out of a window at cars that drove by or, or neighbors that were mowing the grass and thought they were getting stung by a bee, but it was really little Ryan shooting you with a BB gun out of the window. <laughs> it's awesome. Don't ever do that, kids. If there's any kids in here, don't ever do that. I'm not telling you to do it. Or I used to go down to my local gas, the local gas station, you know, the ones always near your neighborhood, and I would steal those little, um, you know, the, the baseball cards with the, the gum inside of it, you know, the tops baseball cards. You guys remember those? Do they still sell them? I don't even know if they still have them anymore. It doesn't matter. That local gas station is gone, and God's forgiven me, so we're just kind of looking past some of that. <laughs> but I know with my freedom that I had, like, it was, it was great, but then it wasn't because, man, I went through a lot of trials in my life at that time. Like, I didn't know if anybody was here for me. I didn't know if God was here for me. My, my family wasn't there, you know, and I just wasn't having those words spoken into me, and it was lonely. And so, you know, you start thinking those thoughts. You get idled hands, idled time, idled mind, and you start thinking to yourself, like, am I even wanted? You know, am I even supposed to be here right now? Like, why am I here? What's my, what's my purpose? Even at a young age, you wouldn't think that children think that, but they do. There was a study that was out from 1999 to 2015 that showed that children between the ages of 5 and 13 years old, that 1,309 of them committed suicide in between those dates. That's a child nearly every five days. That's insane to think about. You think, did those kids, did those children have anybody that was telling them, God is here, God is for you, God's going to uphold you? Where, who was going to do it? How are they going to do it? And I think to myself all the time, like, who's going to do it? Like, and God is waiting on you. People are waiting on you to be the one to be able to do that. But they're just, they're waiting. There's 1,309 that didn't get that word spoken over them. Literally 5 to 13 years old just gave their life and gave up. Man, that's got to like pull on your heartstrings a little bit. But I know this, that no matter what my economic status was, it cost absolutely nothing to make somebody feel special or feel important. And so it costs you nothing to make someone feel loved, 
but it can mean everything. It costs you absolutely nothing, but it can mean absolutely everything. I mean, it can mean everything as in it can mean their life. I mean, it could mean a five-year-old that thinks that he's not wanted to be able to take his life. That's what it could mean. And sometimes, for some reason, we just hold it back, and we don't ever give them the words that they need to hear. But here's one thing that they need to know is they need to know that God, no matter what their status was, no matter what they went through whenever they were younger, that God can make all things new. All things can be made new. You know, literally, I should not be here right now. Like, I, I shouldn't be on this stage speaking in front of you, uh, given my, my track record in elementary and, and growing up. I even, um, at the age of 12, I was, I was uh, convicted for grand theft auto. That's not cool. Uh, they want to send you to juvenile for that, and that's not a good place to go to. And I was young. But needless to say, like, I, I, I didn't have that role model, you know, around me. And so I, I, did, I did a lot of mischievous things. And so, man, I, and I got into sports. I started wrestling and running track and cross country. Wrestling was awesome because I could just beat up on people and get away with it. Track, not so much. I got kicked out of uh, my seventh and eighth grade year. And it didn't matter how fast I was. I was just a turd, you know? I was that kid. They're like, nobody wanted to be around. The coach was like, that's it, you're gone. I can't stand you, you know? But luckily... Enough, I didn't want to go to jail, and so I was like, well, I better straighten up my life a little bit. So I started to straighten myself up, and I get more active in, in wrestling and track cross country. I start doing that even more and more and more, and, I'm, and I, I start to become pretty good. I won a few state titles in, in, in those uh, sports, and I won Junior Olympics in, in track, and, and I just started like, to become better and better, and I, was just, I, I had colleges looking at me. I thought I was going to go somewhere. I was like, I'm going to be a professional athlete. It's going to be amazing. This is going to be my life, until one day um, I got into a really, really bad car accident, and uh, and I broke my tibula, my fibula, my tailbone, my manibula, my patibula, I had all those things that you could actually break around in your body. They were broken. And um, it, it was rough. But for some reason, whenever you hit somebody that's driving down the interstate, when you punch them in the face, going 80 miles an hour, they tend to lose control of the car. And so um, I wouldn't suggest that too much for you. But we ended up flipping, and I flew out and ended up in the hospital, and I got hooked on painkillers while I was there. And those painkillers went on to something else, and that went to something else, and to something else, and to something else, and it just escalated to where I'm just taking whatever I can and doing whatever I can and doing whatever I want, and then I, I turned from that, and so I leave everything that I thought that I had, I just threw it all away, and then I start selling drugs. I go into selling, and, and I've got police looking out for me, and and I'm at this place where I'm just like at just a complete rock bottom place where I had, I had no business even being alive. But what I realize is sometimes God will let you hit rock bottom so that you will see that he is the rock at the bottom. And so that's where I was. I was at a rock bottom place where I didn't know where I was going to go and what I was going to do with my life. And I was, I was there and it was like, there's nowhere else to go but up. I had nothing else going for me. And there's people that are out there, there's kids that are out there today, they're at rock bottom and they need somebody to reach out to them and somebody just to shed a little bit of light on them. They need somebody to say something and do something that's uplifting to them. But you have to realize that once you do, if you are at rock bottom, you're not alone. 
that rock that's at the bottom is, is God, and he is that foundation that you can build yourself on. He is the rock that's at the bottom that'll keep you strong and hold you. And he's the one that's going to build you up into a new thing. Because you see, I shouldn't be here right now, but I was driving down the road in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and literally I saw a sign. I saw a sign. No, it's not that song. But you know, that song was ringing in my head. I literally saw the sign on the road. It said, it was at a church, and uh, it said, Perry Stone, Cleveland, Tennessee, Revival. And I was like, holy cow. I'm from Cleveland, Tennessee. I don't know who Perry Stone is, but I feel like I should go there. And so I go to this church, and I walk in, and the guy's like just preaching, and he's preaching right at me. I mean, the whole time. You know, you know those sermons where he's like speaking to you, and he's like, oh my gosh, it's like, yes, he's touching me, he's speaking right at me. What did I do? And so that was me, and he's like, do you want to know what God wants to do with your life? And I'm like, yes. Do you want him to tell you? Do you want him to set you free? Yes. And so come on up here and get prayed for. So I came up and I got prayed for him and I, I raised my hands and I asked for forgiveness and asked God to come into my life. And, and literally it was like hot wax came upon me. God just set me free. It was like all that junk that I had done had just been completely washed away and he completely restored me. And here's what's amazing. Yeah. Here's what's so amazing about it. It's that while I was there and, I, and he, had, he had filled me with his spirit, it was all silent. There was hundreds, probably thousands of people around. And it was loud, but man, it just went silent. And God spoke to me and he said, you will lead the multitude of my children to the kingdom. And ever since that moment, he made all things new again. Everything that was old had passed away. Everything that was in my past had passed. And he has put me up on a stage. And he is allowing me to lead the multitude of children to the kingdom. But it's not just about me. It's not just me. It's you. It's the person that you're next to. It's everybody that's within your community and that you're around. They're just waiting for somebody to show them the light. They're waiting for somebody just to tell them, like, you're not alone at this. You're not the only one. Somebody needs to hear your story. I had somebody come up to me after the 10th. It was so powerful. He said, you're not believing this, man. I was, I was at this place right now. Like, I literally, literally God spoke to me. And, I, and you just, you, he spoke to me right before I came in here. I wasn't even going to come to church. God woke me up. He woke my wife up. We both said, we're coming to church. He came and he heard this word. And he's like, this is the word that I needed to hear. Somebody just needs to hear your word. Somebody just needs to hear your story. Somebody's going through what you're going through, and they just need you to tell them about it. Even your children. I tell my kids my story all the time because I know what I came from. I know what they might go into, but I know, also know what is going to lead them out, right? He's going to be that great fisherman that's going to lure them back in, and I have to make sure that I'm shining a little, light, little bit of light on because darkness plus darkness equals what? Darkness. You're not going to get anything else. So the, the gossiping and the slander and the talking bad and judging and looking at somebody, oh, they got tattoos, oh, they stink, they smell, their social status isn't enough, they're big, they're small, whatever it might be, you might be looking at those things, but they don't need you to judge them. They know what they're wrong in. They know what the bad things are about them in their life. They don't need you to point it out. They just need you to shine a little bit of light. And I want to give you a little example, a little illustration with this. Don't be afraid. You know, I heard a, a pastor say, um, at our church, we got one hand on our wallet 
and the other hand up in the air praising Jesus. If you're not in a church full of sinners and you're doing something wrong, come on. The Bible says that in the beginning, in Genesis, he says, in the beginning, the earth was full of darkness. It was null and it was void. There was nothing around and God was just hovering over it. But then he spoke and he said, let there be light. He said, let there be light. It was just the words that he spoke where power came in. And somebody needs you to speak that light. Somebody needs you to say, I know what you're going through. I know that you're down and you're out. And I know things aren't working out right now. But I want you to know God is working all things out for your good. You may be doing bad. But right now, God is working all things out for your good. And then a little bit of light comes on in your darkness. And you're able to see just a little bit clearer. And then he's like, man, I know you're being frustrated. I know two people are talking about you. I know that you're just, you're feeling down and out. I know you're down on your luck right now. You might be out of your job, but there's something else for you. I know God can make it happen for you. I'm going to stand and believe with you. And a little bit more light just gets shed out and you can see just a little bit clear. And then God says, you know what? You know what? It might seem impossible to man, but what's impossible to man is possible to God. And I can make all things possible through Christ who strengthens me. And a little bit more light comes on. And then it's some moment in your life, you're going to be able to look out and you're going to see where the darkness was and the light then came because you believed, because you had confidence, because you stood upon his word and you were allowed just to receive it because somebody spoke it into you. We just need people just to speak it in. We just need people that's going to be able to reach out and just tell somebody and to be able to put those words into them. You know, I think Jasmine just, I love listening to her sing. It is like angelic whenever she does it. She's amazing. You can give her a hand clap. Yes. That song, though, Tremble, is like you make the darkness tremble. It's a shadow that the light can't deny. A shadow that the light can't deny. It covers a multitude of sin. A multitude, no matter no matter what you've done, it covers it. You know why? Because he makes all things new. Somebody needs to know that the old can be passed away and that the new can come in and it can restore you. Somebody also needs to know that in all creation, you are the only thing that's created in God's image. The only thing. There is nothing else in all God's creation that is created in his image. You know what that means? That means whenever God sees you, that means he sees himself. Out of the billions of people that are in this world, he made you so special. He gave you your own fingerprint. How awesome is that? Out of, out of all the special people that are here, you are so special. You are so special to God that he put the sun exactly 93 million miles away from the earth. Just so it would be the correct distance so that the earth wouldn't burn or freeze. He put the moon at the exact distance that it needs to be at so that the gravitational pull that it gave will be able to move the oceans and tell them how far to come and how far not to come. He's that kind of God that cares that much about you. He created so everything so perfectly just for you that he put the plants on this earth and the trees for you to have oxygen so that you could breathe. He put the, he put the animals and the crops and, and the vegetables here so that you would be able to have nutrients in life. I'm telling you that you're so important that this whole universe was created just for you. I'm telling you, the billions of stars and the galaxies that are made is for you to look out in the wonder and to not have to wonder if he's there, but you know that he's there because you see the evidence that's all around. And you see evidence not just out in the stars, but it's here too. 
It's right in front of you. I just think that people just need to realize, people just need to know like how special you really are. There's too many people that are out there just feel unloved, unwanted. And here we are. We have the cure. We have the cure for the cancer. But sometimes I think we just keep it into ourselves. Sometimes I think we just, we hold it in and we don't even tell anybody about the cure that we have. We're just like, no, I'm going to chill this. I'm going to keep this to myself. But he needs you. He needs everybody. You'll be able to tell somebody about the one that cares so much about him. Here's the thing. If you have children and you bring them to Creek Kids, we only get them for a very short amount of time. We, we don't get them that long. Just out of the years, like 52 hours out of the year. I'll show you by a little illustration while they come out and show you this. Now, while they do that, I will say that um, if I am compelling you and drawing you to, to just care and love for children, we are taking applications. Uh, you must be at least 16 years old to work in the nursery and in middle school to high school to work in uh, the nursery and preschool and elementary, or preschool and elementary. Shameless plug there for you. But I'll show you, this is, this is the amount of hours that you as a parent have with your children. And this other one that's coming along is going to be the one that, that the amount of hours that we have that we're able to pour into them. And so you take this amount of God's word that we're putting into them, and then, and then you, you look at this basket over here and you're like, these three, these 8,749 hours that you have in a year that you're able to pour into your kids. Now think about this. Now I know you have soccer. I know you have football. I know you got dance and you have sports and school and all that. And, and, you, and your kids are involved in those things. And that is awesome. I'm all for them. But who are, your, who are your kids hanging around? Who are the influences that they're around? Have you ever heard the term that says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future? It's so true. Watch and see. And so you have to be, we tell our kids all the time is, be careful who you let in your circle. Make your circle tight because one small crack, the enemy can come right in. You have to make it tight. Time could be so short. It's so valuable. And we have, you have one token that you're able to insert. It's, what is the content? What is it that you're sharing with them? What is it that you're telling them about? Are you taking this time or are you wasting it? Are you just throwing it away? Are you just letting them do what they, whatever they want to do and just not even pour into them at all? Are you, just, are you throwing all your minutes and all your hours away to where you, you know, you're, just giving them, you're just handing them over to the world and then they don't even have a clue of how to face a trial that comes to their life? Like, How are you training them from home? What are you saying to them? What are you putting into them? I'm telling you, we just don't, we don't have enough time here. But the good news is there's still more time for you. You're still breathing, right? Everybody take a deep breath. Don't breathe on somebody, though, because some of you might not have brushed your teeth. You might have drank a little bit of coffee, and it ain't going to be good. But you still have time. It's not too late. It is not too late to pour into somebody. I said God, thing make, God makes all things new. God can turn the old into, in, into good. God can mold things and, and shape them in the way that he wants to make them. You know, the Bible says that God is, is the, he's the great potter, right? And we are the clay. 
And if anybody has ever worked with pottery, you would see that sometimes whenever you make the pottery and you're trying to mold it and it, and it gets a little bit distorted and it's not what you wanted it then, it, then you can just bend it, pour a little bit of water on it, and you can mold it back to the regular shape, and then you can start turning it and you can start mending it and making it into what you want, and you can start putting it into the shape that you need. It's not over. God's not done. You might have got a little wobbly. You might have fallen off a little bit. You might not be on the right track, but the right track is still there. Like you can still get there. All you have to do is follow the light that's going to lead you there. But if you're not getting into the light, then you're getting into the darkness. And I want to encourage you to put yourself in the light. I want to encourage you to stand on top of this word. And it's in confidence. When this word gets in you, it brings confidence. I tell my family here all the time and, my, and, and the staff here, like I, I, I'm confident about what I do. I'm confident about what God called me to. I mean, I'm literally like I you tell my wife, sometimes she thinks I'm crazy because sometimes God does crazy things in me. But it, the reason why he does crazy things in me is because I allow him to. Because I literally say, God, my life is completely yours. I just hand it all over to you. I'm just giving it to you. I can't control this. I can't do it. I'm giving it to you. You do whatever you want. And you need to be able to tell God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. You just tell me what you want me to do, and I'm going to do it. But you might need to be careful because he might put you in kids' ministry. (laughs) I say that lightly, but seriously, you guys, you just have to be able to speak it. You have to be able to not just speak it and, and read it, but you have to be able to believe it. And whenever you believe it, you're going to live it out in your life. And it's not just going to be something that you keep in. It's something that you're just going to share and just pour out into somebody else. Man, so people need you. People need you. There's people dying, and they're going to hell, and they need a Savior. They need a Savior. They need you to tell them, I'm passionate about this because I know how serious it is. I'm passionate about it because I've been at the bottom. I've been at the bottom and he brought me all the way up. I know what it's like. People are waiting on you. There's people around you that you're just ignoring. And people that you probably don't even want to talk to. It just takes a little bit of light to shed a lot of darkness, or to get rid of a lot of darkness. Just a little bit of light. People don't need you to shove their religion, your beliefs down. They just need you to show them. I think some of the best ways that we can show somebody Jesus is to be able to do it through our actions and through how we live our life. It's easy to tell somebody something, but if they don't trust you, then how are they going to believe you? It's up to us to be able to live this life out and to be able to share and shine our light to somebody else. I need you guys just to make a difference today. Make a decision to make a difference. When I was young, I remember saying to myself, I said, and I I remember this like it was yesterday, and I'd say it all the time, my kids will never have to question whether or not I love them, ever. They're going to know it. I'm going to show them every single day, every day. They'll never have to question it. God does the same thing to us. He wants you to know He loves you. He loves you. He wants to show you every single day. He's just waiting on you to open up your heart and receive Him. Don't you bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to close out in prayer.
know, our points today are just God is always here for you. He makes all things new. and There's nothing important in all creation than you are. There's nothing more important than you. I need you to realize that today. Live it out in your life. If that's you, if you're there, you're in that moment, I want you to cry out to God today to restore you, to fill you, to speak to you. Know that he can make all things new. Father God, our Lord, our God, creator of heaven and earth, you made things, all things new for us. Creation was made for us. God, we love you. God, I pray that somebody right now that's facing these times, Father, if somebody's hit rock bottom or somebody doesn't know that you're there, or somebody doesn't know that you make all things new, God, I pray that right now, Father, they feel your love. I pray that they feel your presence, Father. God, I pray that you just breathe on us, Lord. Let your word be whole upon us, Father. Lord, let it be, let it be in our minds and in our hearts, Father, and let it live it out in our life, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we'll be a light to the dark world. Lord, I pray that we'll be able to, to be able to shut out all the evil things that we hear in our mind. And I pray, Lord, that you hold captive the obedience, that our minds will capture the obedience of Jesus, Father. Lord, that the things that we hear will be the things of your word, Father. That we'll know that we're more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. And we know that we can defeat the things that the enemy has for us because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Lord, that we'll begin to live your word out and speak your word out upon our life, Father. And you'll change us and change those that are around us. And it's in Jesus' name that we believe this. And we believe in confidence in this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I just want to thank you guys so much for being here with us. You guys have an awesome day. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.